Welcome to this week's mini episode of Romancing Nancy Drew. I'm your host, Andy Nickerson, which stands for Nancy Drew Nickerson, of course. If you would like to, you can follow me on Twitter at that handle or at Romancing Nancy. Either one is up to you. We're in season five, and this season is all about fanfic. And when I was looking at the story that I'm going to be talking about this week, I realized that I actually have to give you a little bit of background information. So for this episode, we're going to be discussing two actual like little stories and we also need to talk about Frank Hardy so Marissa you know I'm sorry (laughs) you knew this was gonna happen anyway uh the story that I'm gonna be talking about this week is called Rain on a Tin Roof because why not um I actually wrote this one back in 2006 (laughs) it's been it's been a long time it's been so long But in order to talk to you about it, I actually need to explain the significance of a specific event that happened in a previous story. So, um, Jealous is the name of the story. There's a genre of fanfic that is like, what if your favorite pairing went to their high school prom together? Like, any sort of, like, romantic setting that you can imagine your, your own particular pairing in is, of course, fair game. Like, oh my god. It's prom. You know what this means. They're going to be in fancy dress. They're going to be dancing. It's going to be nice. They might have a hotel room key, IDK. It's going to be good. So anyway, so I decided to go like full on trashy for this one. And jealous. Um, Nancy is at her junior prom without Ned, actually. That was the premise. This is one of those stories that I actually had the idea for pretty early on. And like, I had the image of how it was going to open in my head, and it went pretty well, actually. Anyway, um, Nancy and Ned have broken up, and it, it's one of those things where, like, because they're in high school and they're not, like, super official because this is set pre-files, um, you know, they have fights. It's like, oh, you know, why aren't you making time for us? You're always off solving mysteries, blah, blah, or, you know, whatever. Ned also wants to spend time with her because he's going to be going off to college really soon. So it's like, ah, oh, I just, you know, I'm going to be going off to college and I just really want us to spend some time together. And it feels like our relationship is really not that serious for you. And so basically she gave his class ring back and was like, fuck you. So, yeah. So at her junior prom, Nancy is wearing a black dress that's pretty well fitted, actually. It's got a slit up the side. It's black. It's got spaghetti straps. It's doing some good stuff. Um, she's also wearing pantyhose with it for reasons. Um, of course. She's got her hair up. She's she's rocking like the late nineties prom look because of course, of course she is. There's some weird stuff that happens with the files because of course the files are set in the eighties and nineties. So whenever I'm setting stuff pre-files, I often set it like mentally like late eighties, even though that doesn't make any sense. Also, time doesn't progress in the files, so it doesn't fucking matter when you set this shit. But anyway, so the prom setting that she goes to is very similar to the one that I went to for one of the proms. Two of the proms? Three. Three of the proms. Um, yeah. So she goes in with the high school quarterback from her school because remember, Ned does not go to River Heights High School. Ned goes to Mapleton High, which is not, I don't ever treat them as like River Heights' as rival school. Like it, it doesn't feel that way in the books anyway. Um, so she walks in with, his name is Greg. I don't care about him at all. Neither should you. Um, he's just a dick. So she comes in with him and looks around and Ned's not there yet. But of course, as soon as Ned walks in, 
their eyes meet because of course they do. So Ned has managed to get in because of course he fucking has. Um, he talks the, I think, head cheerleader who's trying to get back at somebody into taking him because of course, like she's had her on him for quite some time. He's a hot piece of ass. Like why would she not want a piece of that? So her name is Cheryl. We also don't care about her. Um, they look at each other across the room, like shots fired. Like seriously, it's, it's just not going to go well. Um, Ned goes to get Cheryl some punch and walks by and makes some snide comment to Nancy's date. Nancy, like, manages to walk over to him and just, like, say, you know, this was your fault. Like, seriously, it's it's like a countdown to when they're going to go back to each other. So they're looking at each other and he's like, look, I'm just, I'm sorry, I'm just really frustrated. I just really wanted us to make some time together. And so Nancy, in answer to all of his frustration, actually reaches for his hand and takes his class ring off and puts it back on her own finger. And side note, this is not ever a thing that happens in the files at all. Like, they never mention Ned's class ring, who's wearing it, anything like that. So, yeah. Um, they proceed to, like, get as close as they possibly fucking can on the dance floor to the point that if they had gone to my prom at my high school, they would have been thrown out for basically trying to bang, like, right there in front of everybody. Um, Ned's like, were you gonna go back to a hotel room with Doucheface later? And Nancy's like, I mean, I did tell my dad that I wasn't gonna be back until, like, late tomorrow because... I like to pretend that Carson is agnostic about all this. Like, he knows it, but he also doesn't know it. He's given himself plausible deniability. Um, so, yeah. So, Nancy and Ned are out on the dance floor, like, grinding up on each other, trying to get in there. And that she's like, I need a cigarette. Because in the setting of this one, this is the kind of place where, because they're at a country club, this is the kind of place where they could actually, like, go out on the balcony with all the smokers and just, you know, have a smoke, and so Ned actually has cigarettes with him, because this is kind of what designates this story as a little bit different from the rest, and almost none of my other stories do Nancy and or Ned smoke, like, period. This is just not a thing that they do, but in 2006, it seemed very deeply intriguing, so they go out onto the balcony. They they each have a cigarette. Of course, they're just making eyes at each other the whole time. Um, Jeremy Pratt, who's, I think, mentioned later in another and actually one of the other files. Um, he's like, I didn't think you came here with him. And Nancy's like, I didn't. And he's like, oh, really? And she's like, yes, my, my previous date was not satisfying me. And Ned, of course, has to choke back his own laughter because, oh, my God. Um, yeah. So they they don't smoke an entire cigarette because they need to get back out there. Um, Ned's like, we could leave right now. And Nancy's like, um, I kind of signed up for cleanup duty, which... I, in the back of my head was A, a stalling tactic, and also B, because she kind of didn't want to go back to a hotel room with Greg, and you'll see why in a second. Um, so yeah, they're back out on the dance floor, making out, just getting real close, and to the point that at one point when the music takes a break, like, Ned's like, please walk back in front of me, because it is going to be super obvious that I'm super turned on right now, and Nancy's like, okay, honey, but every time they do, she, like, makes excuses to stop and bump up against him, to the point that he's like, I'm going to drag you somewhere and just get this done. And she's like, no, no, it's fine. I have to go to the bathroom. I'll be right back. So Nancy goes to the bathroom and she overhears Cheryl bitching. She's like, I brought him and he just dumps me immediately for her. Like he does not know what he is missing. And Nancy's like, 
Really? So she gets out of the bathroom stall and they proceed to have the kind of like bitchy little cat fight without actually touching each other. Where it's just like, oh, I heard that, you know, you've done half the football team and blah, blah. It's nice. It's nice. Nancy gets to be a, a total bitch. It's nice. Because Ned is her man. And how dare you? How fucking dare you even think that you have anything near what it would take to have him? So, um, Nancy goes back to the table and Cheryl, like, stomps out pouting. And that's like, yeah, I just, no, that wasn't gonna work anyway. And Nancy's like, yeah, I know. I know that. Um, they're out on the, on the dance floor again. Ned discovers that there's a slit up the side of her dress, so he's having a lot of fun with that. And so she's like, there's a supply closet. And so they get into the supply closet. He manages to get her dress on pretty much all the way off. She's wearing pantyhose. He manages to get those peeled down her legs. Um, yeah, they're, they're getting real close to things. And Nancy's like, yeah, we need to stop. And Ned pulls back because, of course, Ned is not the kind of guy who's actually going to proceed with the woman that said that she's not into this. And she's like, yeah, you're going to need to put a ring on my finger before we do that. And Ned looks down at his class ring and she's like, good try. Like, not enough. And that's basically the note that that one ends on. There's several stories that I've written where Nancy and Ned do wait until they're married to actually have sex. And then there's stories where they didn't wait until they were married to have sex. This one kind of leads up to the ones where they do wait. Because she's very firm about, like, no actual penetration happening. But anyway, the next story, which is called Possess, is her senior prom. And it picks up in the same vein as her junior prom. So the two stories pick up on each other because she remembers, like, walking into her junior prom with Greg. She remembers Ned walking with somebody else. She remembers wearing that black dress. Um, to this one, she actually wears a lavender dress, and then she tells Ned that, she, that he has to color coordinate, and he's like, what, what's the least I can get away with to color coordinate? She's like, white lilies would be fine. It's fine. So she walks in. She, of course, looks gorgeous. Um, they go out on the dance floor. Of course, they're close to each other, but they're back together, like, at this point. So it's not, it's not as commentable as it would be otherwise. Their classmate, Wendy, is having an after-prom party back at her place, which is on, it's like a lake house. And the reason that this is important is because later in the files, Nancy is helping Wendy investigate some interesting things that are happening to their classmates. So I thought it would be cool to tie that in. Um, Bess is going to Wendy's after party and so is George, but Nancy and Ned have a hotel room for the night. So they aren't really planning to head by the after party. Um, yeah. So they leave a little bit early. They go back to the hotel room, change clothes, make out. Nancy's like, yeah, why do we have to leave again? And Ned's like, cause you've said that you don't want us to bang. So Nancy's like, yeah, that's right. So they are going to a club to meet up with some other people from Ned's fraternity because... At this point, Ned's been at Emerson for a year and has pledged Omega and has gotten into Omega. So Nancy gets to meet up with his buddies. And of course, she's underage, but she's got a fake ID for this. And the name on the fake ID is Nancy Nickerson because of course it is. Oh, my God. Why would you not? Why would you not do that? Um, so, yeah, they're playing pool with his friends. Of course, Nancy and Ned are doing all sorts of just like, oh, let me help you line up that shot. Yeah. Yeah, you're doing great. Yeah. It's just fantastic. Um then they look at each other and Nancy's like, you know, I really feel like maybe we should hit that after party because 
they both have this feeling that if they go back to the hotel room, like something's going to happen that Nancy has said that she does not want to happen. Not in a forced way, just in a, like, I don't want to do this before I'm ready. So they decide to go to the after party. Everybody is drunk out of their minds. There's a big old, like, cooler full of PJ that's got all this fruit in it, which, of course, they don't know. I think Ned probably knows enough to know this, but Nancy does not yet know that um, maybe you should not eat the fruit out of this. So they both get drunk out of their minds. Um, when they're finally like, okay, I'm, I'm ready to, to crash for the night. Neither one of them is okay to drive. And Nancy's like, yeah, I can't drive right now. And Ned's like, I, I think I probably could. And Nancy's like, if you think that you maybe could, you can't. So let's, let's just crash here for a while. Because mine drink responsibly, y'all, while underage and so super horny that they can't even stand it. Um, they end up in the attic. <laughs> of the house because there are people passed out and or having sex in every other room of the house. So yeah, they end up in the attic. Of course, they're drunk because, so that seems like a funny thing to do. Bess and George are there. So, you know, they don't, they have guessed what's going on. Like Nancy's been telling them what's been going on, but they're not about to come barge in on them. Uh, they get up to the attic. They find some quilts, of course, because what are attics for except for quilts? And spread them out on the floor, and of course, like, basically stripped down to their underwear, and are just getting real close, and Nancy's like, yeah, we need to stop, she's like, I know I'm being a tease, but we, we really need to stop, and they do, and they just lay down next to each other and cuddle, and they just have, like, a really sweet, just cuddling together, and, and they have the conversation where she's like, I don't, I've never understood what you see in me, and he's like, because you're smoking hot, and she's like, I'm not, he's like, you're beautiful, and you're, you're not smart, you're just fascinatingly intelligent, like, you're, you're everything, like, how could I not be in love with you, it's like, I don't understand what you see in me, and she's like, are you kidding me, you are pro material in all the sports you play, you are drop-dead gorgeous, like, you're Ned, how could I not be in love with you, and so the next day, um, Ned takes her home, they have a parting kiss, they have not had sex, um, Nancy walks into her house, and Hannah sees her, and she's like, yeah, you, you need to get some sleep, and Nancy's like, yeah, I do, um, and the story ends with her calling her doctor, and asking if she can talk to her doctor about getting on birth control, so kind of acknowledging the fact that their trajectory is heading that way, this will be important for the next story that we're reading, but, or discussing, I mean, you can read it too, but also, um, there are a few other stories that pick up on it. So whenever this happens, I'll make sure to give you a little note and let you know. The other thing we need to talk about is fucking Frank fucking Hardy. Um, I feel like I've discussed him before because I loathe him. At... Is that true? Yeah, kind of. Um, the thing that upsets me the most, and I'm just, let's just go ahead and rip that bandaid right off. Um, a lot of people in the fandom, so a lot of people who ship, who endorse relationships <laughs> for you, my dear listener, um, for the people who are really in it because they are really committed to the idea of a relationship between two people, and for me, of course, that's Nancy and Ned, for a lot of other people, it's Nancy and Frank. Like, they love Nancy and Frank together. He's also an investigator. He's also smart. He's also cute. They're like, they're perfect for each other. They can solve mysteries together. It'd be fantastic. And I'm like, they're too similar and it wouldn't work. And also he's like 
honestly, because the Hardys have to solve cases together, I'm like, also, they're like half of her. <laughs> because they can't even solve cases individually, which is not true. But it's also like, the conceit of the books is that Frank's the brains and Joe's the brawn. And Joe, like, you know, punches people and goes after people. And Frank's the one who thinks through things. And you're like, and Nancy manages to do all that all by herself. So it's cool. That, yeah. So... The actual, like, if I were to sum up the one that we're going to be discussing on Friday, it's Nancy finally chooses between Frank and Ned because, and we're talking specifically here about the super mysteries, and these are the ones that are published roughly at the same time as the files. Um, Nancy, Frank, and Joe were cases together. And for some ghostwriters, they do introduce romantic tension between Nancy and Frank, and some kind of ignore it. There's some super mysteries where Ned is along, and so... There's not a lot of that at all because it's Nancy and Ned being together. Um, there's a few where they make out and those set my absolute brain on fire. Um, oh my God. To the point that I rewrote one of them because it angered me so much. We can talk about that. It'll be nice for me. Oh my God. Cathartic even. Um, so yeah. So they see Nancy and Frank as a good couple and I'm like, mm, mm, no, no, no. Like, I'm okay with them working together, especially if, like, because Frank's in a committed relationship with Callie, which is another thing that I should point out. And the Hardy Boys case files, which were released around the same time as the Nancy Drew files, I think almost simultaneously, honestly. I think that they started, like, roughly at the same time. Um, yeah, I, not 86 is when they both started, I think. Um, Frank is in a committed relationship with Callie Shaw, like they've known each other for a few years they've been dating pretty consistently I think that there's some Frank flirting with other girls Joe is far more the flirt like if we're gonna divide them into ego super ego and id like Joe is 100% id driven and then Frank is super ego driven I'd say like if if we're gonna go with that if we're gonna go with psychoanalytic theory on this um so yeah, there's that. So in their actual books, like Frank is generally committed to Callie, just like Nancy's generally committed to Ned. And then whenever they see each other, it's like, hmm. But the thing is, and I'll, I'll just go ahead and say this, because Nancy is flirting with other people in practically every other Files book, especially near the end, um, and Frank, of course, flirts with other people, like it just feels incidental, honestly. It feels like they just... They're like, hey, I'm just, I'm away from my significant other. You're cute. Why don't we make out a little? Like, it, it doesn't even fucking matter who the other person is. There's some headcanon, and I think that they maybe allude to this a little bit. Although, again, I love that in the files, like, Frank and Joe Hardy are said, like, explicitly to be fictional. So they can't exist on the same plane. Um, yes. But... That Fenton Hardy, who is Frank and Joe's dad, and Carson Drew, who of course is Nancy's father, had like our old friends. Um, Carson, of course, would have put in some time probably in the prosecutor's office the in Illinois, and Fenton works as a private investigator in New York. And of course, because Carson's sister lives in New York, I mean, it's it's reasonable to think that they've crossed paths. Um, I don't, I cannot remember any mystery stories that actually involve Carson and Fenton. I can't remember any of those. I haven't read them all because, again, some of them want me to, make me want to literally claw my own eyes out because, 
why would they make out? Oh my God. Fuck everything. So yeah, there's that. There's that. So the one we're going to pick up on Friday is Rain on the Tin Roof. So I hope you're looking forward to that one. I sure am. Like I said, it's been, it's been a hot minute, so it's going to be fun. So stay sleuthy and I'll catch back up with you on Friday.